Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. We are back with Jim Chilton, and it is again an honor and privilege to have you, Jim, as a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. How about the Border Patrol? Do you, do they intervene in any way on your land and your neighbor's land in that five mile gap? Do you ever see any of them? Yes, I see them. And, and they're, uh, honorable people. They're, uh, uh, trying to do their job and, uh, it's extremely difficult, uh, because, the Border Patrol is stationed in Tucson, Arizona, and it's to get to the border, the international border on my ranch, it takes about three hours. So a fellow comes in, uh, these are good guys. They come in, they check out their gun, they check out their vehicle, uh, they go to a briefing uh, to where they're supposed to go, and it's one hour for the briefing, and et cetera. And then they travel out, so they get to the border. There's four hours into their shift, and sometimes they work 10-hour shifts, so they can be at the border for two hours, and then they get in their vehicle and drive back to Tucson. Uh, basically, they're good guys. Uh, we see them. Uh, I communicate with them, uh, and uh, may I talk about an incident just recently? Of course. Uh, I was along the border wall road, and uh, we saw uh, some of the guys coming across, and there was no border patrol. Uh, I traveled... The last time I traveled the uh, 30-mile-long wall and road, never saw a single Border Patrol person. Uh, They were all helping uh, take care of asylum seekers. Uh, We have a checkpoint, um, 20 five miles, I'm guessing, from the international border where they stop motorists and ask whether we're citizens and look in our cars to make sure we're not packing um, these bad guys coming through. Well, 
the checkpoints are closed now. Why? They're so busy trying to take care of Biden's open invitation to South America to come to the United States. So they can't secure the border from the bad guys coming through. So you have really an open border situation. You have cartels with incredible equipment uh, who observe all this and radio these caravans of drug packers say, go, go on this, this trail, go on that trail. There's no one around. But from what you're saying, there's no one around anyway, pretty much because a two hour, two out of a 10 hour shift, two hours out of a 10 hour shift is kind of meaningless. I wouldn't you say so as far as I can see, you have zero protection. Yes. Uh, and we have no law enforcement in our little community. If you call 911, you can anticipate it would take over an hour for the sheriff to get here. And so we're on our own. We've run into groups uh, and uh, the guy at one time, which was particularly scary, the guy out in front of this, the drug packers was carrying what appeared to be an AK-47. And he had a line of about 20 people behind him and they were crossing the road and we surprised them. They ran uh, over several hills that looked like a snake going through the country. But uh, most of them, I don't think, are armed. But we do see uh, armed uh, drug packers, bad guys coming through the country occasionally. So how big is the community, your nearest community? Uh, how far away from your home is it? Uh, and how many people live there? Our little community is... About 600 people, 650 maybe, and it's about a mile away, and it's just a little rural community. Uh, the truth is, is there are people in the community that are against the wall, and there are a lot of people for the wall, and a lot of people understand that walls work. Well, the interesting thing is, of course, Walls on a house work as long as your door is closed. If your door is open, doesn't matter how thick your wall is. That's a point of entry. Uh, and, and that's really what you're talking about here is you have a great wall. The problem is there's a five mile gap and that's your open door. Uh, and it puts you all at risk. It's really hard for me to understand how someone cannot under cannot see what is going on and say, this is very, very wrong. Something needs to be done. Uh, who, the people in your community, have you ever talked to them, the ones that are against uh, the wall? What do they say? Oh, it, it's uh, unfortunately in our community are people who benefit by the drug traffic. They benefit by receiving in securitist locations the drugs, and they become part of the northern distribution system. 
we have it's kind of like um, mafias in the big cities. They they uh, sometimes fight it out. We've had several killings uh, among uh, these groups. It's their gangs who fight for uh, supremacy. So, uh, but there's many good people in Aravaca, many, many retired people. And uh, a little town like ours has four churches. Well, that's a good sign. But uh, you don't have law enforcement, so um, it sounds like you need some. Well, that's why we have uh, guns in our vehicles. We have guns uh, in our house uh, next to my bed. Uh, when I ride, I have a uh, gun in my saddle scabbard, and then I have a, a pistol in another scabbard. And um, basically, if everybody knows you're armed, you really don't have trouble. If you're unarmed, uh, you can be bullied. We are back with Jim Chilton, and it is again an honor and privilege to have you, Jim, as a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. What is the countryside like? In other words, these people who are coming through that hole, that five miles hole, what kind of land, what kind of features of the land are there that they need to cross? Is it like hills, mountains, ridges, or is it more flat? I know it's dry, but what is it like that they're walking through? Actually, it's quite rough. However, there are trails coming through. Uh, the one that you saw the uh, people coming through on in my video is they have to climb uh, essentially one mountain, and then they're high enough and that walk, they can walk uh basically through the country without having to climb many mountains. In other parts of the five-mile gap, it's very rough, and uh, you need trails to come across. And the cartel knows where all the trails are, and we know that the cartels are fighting each other for control of the trails coming through across the international boundary. Uh, there's been over 40,000 people killed in northern Mexico uh, among uh, caused by the cartels. And the other tragic thing is, is people working for the cartels uh, are given meth and other drugs, and uh, they get hopped up on meth. And the cartel guy says. Uh, go to Sarik and kill the police chief and, and as many police as you can. And they uh, dutifully uh, go and do a dirty deed and come back to get more meth. So it's, it really is a very deep and difficult problem here because there are so many moving parts. There's so many people are involved in this. And I mean, it really 
it's something that we all we all know about. It's no different than uh, the mafia or any organized criminal activity. Uh, they fight for supremacy. They one fights the other, and they control their people through through drugs, through blackmail, through force, through coercion, whatever they can in order to force people. And of course, there's so much money involved. Uh, it's really tough to com- for regular people to compete uh, because the uh, there's just that incentive not to be good. The incentive is there to cooperate with the cartels and with the drug uh, the drug dealers and, and and whatever. And there's the fear of not cooperating. Right, of course, because if you don't cooperate, then you become a target. That's one of our biggest concerns, and I'm a cowboy, and it's time for cowboys to cowboy up. It's you got to take a stand. That's why I speak out. That's why I try to communicate the issue, at least here in our area. So you have a ranch. You you have cattle. How many how many head do you have currently? I'm running. I have 970 mother cows and bulls, and the ranch is really a good ranch. Uh, we run about one cow for every 50 acres. Now in Virginia, uh, you can run one cow per acre. Uh, however, you have to feed the cattle during the winter time. Our friends in and Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, uh, they have to uh, grow hay all summer and they have to feed hay during the winter or their cattle will starve. And then when their cattle have little calves, they have to be there and help them and dry off the calf or they'll freeze. And we do none of that here. We don't hay and we don't feed in the winter. I've never fed a bale of hay. This area has very rich, uh, high nutrient grasses. I have over 32 species of grasses and uh, they are perennial. Some of them are uh, 20, 25 years in, in age. And when they turn yellow, they don't lose their nutritional value. In fact, the University of Arizona people say the value of the standing grass decreases only 2% per month. And uh, we have two rainy seasons, winter rainy season and a summer raising season. The summer rainy season is where we really grow grass. So it's a wonderful ranch. It's a wonderful area. And uh, the cartels aren't going to cause me to leave. Many of my neighbors have left, but I'm not leaving. Well, you have a history there. Your your family has has been a cat in the a cattle ranch family since 1888, uh, hundred over a hundred years. Uh, you have a tradition to uphold. Um, so let me ask you this: with all of this side stuff going on with the wall and the cartels, how do you manage to actually run a successful and thriving cattle business? Well, it's not a great business. The 
uh, return on capital is very low. However, as you mentioned earlier, uh, it's our custom, it's our culture, it's our tradition. We have uh, Western music, as you well know. We have Western movies. We have our sport, rodeo. We have our uh, type of uh, clothing, Western clothing. Uh, and our friends are fellow ranchers, and we all get along really well. I enjoy company uh, with them, and uh, it's a it's a nice culture to be a part of. You know, obviously, a hundred years ago, uh, there wasn't there wasn't the advantages you have now. So you'd be they'd be doing these cattle drives, and I mean, if you watch the western movies, it was a whole big thing at chuck wagon and and cowboys on horses driving the cattle. Well, what's it like now for you? I mean, now that you have we're in the industrial age, so to speak, how does it actually work for you now? How do what do you do with your cattle? How do you handle that? We handle them the same way that uh, my ancestors handled them, and my grandfather and great-grandfather handled them. Uh, horseback, and uh, we have corrals, and we have uh, fences now. And more importantly, we have pickup trucks. I have a Ford 350 and not a little wimp wagon. It's a Ford 350. And I hook onto the trailer, a horse trailer. We load the horses and travel, oh, 15 miles or so, unload, work cattle in a particular pasture, might be 5,000 acres pasture, work cattle. Then we come back and load our horses in the horse trailer and come back. Now, in the early days, uh, you would, uh, on Monday, leave, saddle up horses and uh, maybe a pack horse or two. Uh, you'd have your bedrolls tied onto the pack horse and a frying pan, a coffee pot, and a little grub. And you'd, it'd take you a day to get down to the border. And you'd camp overnight. You'd work cattle for two or three days, and then you'd ride back. So we can get to the border in an hour and a half, uh, where it used to take a full day. Are you selling cattle for beef cattle? Is that what your business is? Yes, it's a total beef cattle operation. Uh, we uh, are raising calves, and uh, a cow will have a calf uh, every year. And so uh, one of the things we have to do is wean the calf uh, so she has basically a three-month period to rest before her next calf. The calves, on average, weigh 500 pounds, and we market those calves. Uh, we uh, And their calves go to a auction yard where they're auctioned off to people uh, in the Midwest uh, who put those cattle on, say, a cornfield that's already been harvested. And uh, calves uh, by then are called yearlings, and they gain another 300 pounds. And then the farmer, it's not, this is just a generality, but the farmer 
puts them in his feedlot and feeds them, say, corn or and other products, and they gain hundreds of more pounds, and then the farmer sells them to the harvester, and they are uh, cut up, and you see them at your local market. We're the beginning of a very efficient food chain. We're at the beginning, and uh, we're subject to market conditions. We're subject to rainfall conditions, and we're subject to uh, rules and regulations. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything gonna be all right this morning.